Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Good morning. 9.30 a.m. This is Wine Face. We're back. We got a very special guest sitting across from me, silhouetted by the Hollywood Hills. Oh, man. <laughs> this is John Gray, one of the founders of Ghetto Gastro. Can you, in your own words, explain what Ghetto Gastro is? Um, Ghetto Gastro, I think, is more, for me, it's a social sculpture experiment. Social sculpture? Mm-hmm. And we're, we're using food as like the, as the catalyst in the, in the clay. <laughs> you know, to, to bring people together to disrupt a few things and can I curse on this? Yeah, fuck, you can do fuck it. Fuck around a little <laughs> bit, you know. That's amazing. Um, can you tell me? Because I was reading. I we've met twice. Just to let everybody know, the first time was at Animal. You came to one of our ten-year dinners. Indeed. I gave you the Musa Musets, which is delicious. I have it here today. We're gonna taste some Thanksgiving wine, unusual suspects. Let's get it. <laughs> but. When I met you, I had heard about Ghetto Gastro. I had kind of seen it around, but I, even in walking into this interview today, I was like, wow, there's a pervasiveness of like, you guys have tentacles that go into all different aspects of not just food. Uh, how did you start? And who are the other people in the collective? Um, my partners are Malcolm Livingston, Lester Walker, <clears throat> And it's that bomboloni. It's that bombaloni, yeah. I'm like, and Pierre Sorel. Ooh, it's on and popping. Watch your iPad. Let's get it now. Let's just add a little, a little texture. This would be good for my a acid. little zhuzh. My, my acid reflex. Like Bilal says, I was in the studio with the Roots one time, man. But I was like, let me get a little bit of that champagne. It's good for my acid reflex. Oh, um, so I've been running with that. I love that. Cheers. Cheers. Thank ah, you. that's a nice clink. Okay, so Musa Musets. Wait, I want to go back to who else is part of Ghetto Gastro, but... So we got Les, Mac, and P. So that's Malcolm Livingston, Lester Walker, and Pierre Sorrell. And me and Lester grew up on the same block in the Bronx, and we were always kind of conspiring and plotting on doing something together in food. I never thought I could, like, without being a billionaire first. I'm like, all right, so I'll make a whole lot of money <laughs> making clothes, which is a bad idea because unless you have a lot of money it's hard to make money in the in the schmata business. Yeah. Um, and then Malcolm I met when going to I was on a date at his restaurant and the girl I was dating at the time, she was a real picky eater. So I had to go online and see what the menu was and see if she could eat anything. 
And then I went to the bios and I saw it was a brother, a black kid from the Bronx that was running the pastry kitchen. And I'm like, oh, I need to meet this dude. Mm. So I ran down on him in the kitchen like, yo, <laughs> what's popping? We doing this ghetto gastro thing. I need you on the squad. And he's like, all right, let's, let's, let's like hang out. And then we realized that my cousin is one of his best friends. And it's like we all connected. His pops was a raw vegan. My mom's practiced like vegan, raw vegan practices for, she's not 100%, but like 80% for a long time, so we had like those different. The world got smaller, except when your mom makes baked turkey ziti. Exactly, well, she was making <laughs> the ziti day. B- before, before her vegan stuff, <laughs> but yeah. Wait, so growing up, how was food a part of your life? Like food was such a part of my life, but we didn't go out to eat. It was just the conversation about food was big. Well, like the audience doesn't know, like Helen's from the Upper East Side. <laughs> I, I grew up um, for a portion of my life in Spanish Harlem, so I lived on 101st. Basically neighbors. Exactly, between 1st and 2nd by Metro Houses. And my mother, she worked on 5th Avenue at, doing hair, and then she was studying at Lehman College at night, so she didn't always have time to cook single-parent home, and mm. she liked to eat out also. So we would go out and eat, like whether it was First Walk. On, oh my on, God, I love First Walk. You remember, they changed the name to oh, something else. It's now. something else. But it's like 80, that's when what, 88th and 3rd, right? Yeah. 88th or, and 3rd. No, it's on 3rd, yeah. 88th and 3rd. So that was, was my sick. spot. We might have crossed paths in Chirp and Chicken. Did you ever oh, go to Chirp and Chicken? It was so good. Yeah. It was like only grilled chicken and pita, but mm-hmm. it was so good. And then and then they had the. Um, What's the spot? The spot, like the little deli next door to First Walk, I used to always get like the little chewy gummy candies, like oh, the yeah. sun-kissed candies. Oh, those the are green, so good. The green and the yellow and the orange. So that, no, go ahead. So that was like my routine. But but when I was like five or six or seven, like the way I used to study in the menus, I used to just order. My mother always thought I ordered the best food. So if we even when we were a friend of hers, they would be like, your order for the table. That's awesome. At seven. That's so. an amazing skill. That's a confidence that it's amazing that your mom instilled that in you. Yeah, yeah. I had the opposite problem. I was the person at the table who couldn't decide what to order. I would be have so much anxiety about ordering the wrong thing. I mean, I'm sure this indicates other psychological problems. I don't have that issue anymore. Now, if I want two things, I just order both, mm-hmm. which is a little insane. Too nah, much food. It's, sometimes you just want to taste and then you share. Never That's eat true. alone. Never eat alone. You know? Have five plates to keep me company. Okay, so the Musa Moussets. Let's get into it. It's made by the Moss family. They're in Anjou, in the Loire Valley. So if France was my hand, the Loire Valley bisects France right here. It's like 200 miles of winemaking regions. This one, they're really well known for Cab Franc and Chenin Blanc, but this is their sparkling that's made from Goyot and Gamay. I gave this to John at Animal, and he was like, "This is delicious." I've bought. I've I've only been in LA for since then, probably for a total of eight days, and I've probably bought eight bottles. Yeah. Since, <laughs> since, since I was introduced to this. Yeah, I think it's the perfect wine to like any time of day in the bath, breakfast wine, bomboloni wine, pre-Thanksgiving dinner. Oh, I would love to talk about your thoughts on the perfect, most epic Thanksgiving meal because these wines I picked today are potential Thanksgiving alternative wines than what you think you should be drinking. How does this taste to you? Oh, this tastes delicious. You know I love this one. <laughs> What's your experience with wine? I mean, so for me, I came to wine from food. Do you feel like you have had that intersection or is it something that's still unknown? I think I've been spoiled. Like I don't I haven't done the work 
I remember like I was like, I want to learn about wine. I have these obsessive things, and mm-hmm. then I like want to learn about something and I don't follow through. Mm. And I was like, wine's one of them. Windows <laughs> of the world. Let me buy that it's, book. It's the best book. But you have to actually have the wine too. Yeah. You can't just read it. <laughs> no. It just like I'm thinking I can just read it and I'm trying to memorize reason. I'm like, you need to. I feel like you need to taste things. Yeah. Like wine. So. I'm spoiled by having people like you in my life, my friend Beppe at Osteria Francescana. Mm. So I taste a lot of great things, and I'll just be like, yeah, this is great, but I don't know why I like it or why it's great or why. I know a little bit about um, cognac because we, we, we work with a cognac brand, Martel. So like I went to the cognac region and kind of like was able to like see the different wine grows in the different regions mm. and why like – the soil that has more clay produces this sweet, sweet this this certain element in the in the flavor. But with brandy, they make a wine that's pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> and then they just distill it into the eau de vie. Yeah, you and know? then they and hide then they that mix, badness. They yeah. They mix the eau de vie. So so, and I, and then they sell really expensive cognac from it. Yeah. The irony of that is so crazy. Like, they could beat those grapes up, and then they transform it into, like, Louis Trey. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> the first restaurant I worked at out here was called Kraft, one of Tom Colicchio's restaurants. And he had Louis Trey, and there was, like, two managers who worked there who would always, at the end of the night, be like, should we take shots of Louis <laughs> Trey? And I was like, I feel like that's pretty illegal, and it's stealing. And they would just, like, put a little water. Sorry, Tom. I don't think you're listening, but sorry about that. Hey, Tom, it'll be all right, man. The water opens it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so to me, I, I I don't know. I get this question a lot. Like, I want to know about wine. I don't know how to get into it. To me, the thing I say to everybody is, like, wine is such a cumulative knowledge. And that going off your flavor buds and what you taste is, like, the best sort of compass to guide you through. When I was younger, I was surrounded by like a Psalm culture that was like mostly men, mm-hmm. mostly like a very homogenous group of men that like I didn't relate to at all, who would be saying like, this thing is good or this thing's good. And it was really hard to break out of that and like have my own opinions and vision. Um, how do you feel like, have you had a similar experience to that? As far as in the food world? Well, yeah, I think I think like what you're saying, it's like the whole world, whether it's art, like yeah. it's like a group of old white men and people <laughs> yeah. deciding what's good art, you know. Same thing with food. If you look at like these lists, like the 50 best and like who... Who decides? Why do you, like, how can you decide what the 50 best is? Like everybody has a different experience. And so the whole concept of best, best chef... I think is is ridiculous. Even though like going to restaurants in Noma and like Osteria and like um I went to this crazy spot in the Basque region, Oxta X X I might be like killing the pronunciation, but Extabari where they just mm. do everything with smoke, like everything's on a grill. Yeah, I've heard about this place. And when I tell you that experience was crazy and we didn't have a reservation, we called and they picked up like, Yeah, we're fully booked. We we're like, All right, we'll see you in an hour. <laughs> We just drove you there just gotta on, go. on the way and pulled up and ran down on the chef. And he's like, oh, no, nah, yeah, I'd love to feed you. But he, like, literally milked the cow the morning and made the mozzarella and then cooked it over the cooked it over the, the stove, over the coals. And it's like, so, when, like, you can see, like, when people put that thought and the effort of the way the service runs at Noma and it's, like, orchestra, you're like, all right, I get it. Mm. This is, like, special and it's different. But, like, these ideas that people can kind of just come, like, with these top-down oh, this is an authoritative kind of idea. I think it's ridiculous. Yeah, like I'm the boss. This is the best. This yeah. is the standard. What for you do you prefer? Maybe, I guess this is an easy answer, but do you prefer like 
what inspires you the most? The experiential dining experience like a Noma where it's not even really like you're eating. You are eating, but you know what I mean? It's kind of like, like you're in a, yeah, you're mm. in a space-time contingium of like you've relinquished your control or something that's just like genuinely delicious food, like street food or something that's like fast casual. I like it sometimes when it could be a mix of both, but I also... Like what and what I think about some of these newer, like it's not like the per se or white tablecloth like at Noman. Like you could, I go there in jeans and I feel comfortable and I'm chilling. But I, I just really like sometimes I want to eat quick, simple, <laughs> yeah, and not have a three hour dinner. Yeah. So yeah, it, it depends. Like I could probably do that type of thing maybe once a month. <laughs> yeah, me too. And, yeah, like once a month I think, and that might even be a lot. But just really for me, it's just delicious food. What's your favorite places to eat in New York right now? Ooh, I love Attaboy. Um, yeah. The Korean spot. It's I haven't amazing. been yet. When you come back home. Go. Let me know. We okay. go. We'll okay. go there. Uncle Boone's is delicious. Love. Love. Wild Air. Love. Um, those guys are coming out here to cook a dinner. Oh, those are the homies. Yeah. Those are the homies. Yeah, so. they're rad. Fabian's so cool. Fabian and Jeremiah. And, and Contra as well. Um, what else? And then, like, if I've been on the road for, like, a month, I'll crave, like, the simple things. Like, just going to my juice bar on White Plains Road. Mm. You know, going to the roadie spot on Burke Ave. Like, stuff that I could just take to the crib, binge on the HBO or Showtime show, and just <laughs> chill. <laughs> you know? <laughs> that That's, like, my comfort zone. So, so yeah, those are, like, some of my spots. I don't, my boy JJ just did a new spot at the Henry Hotel, Life, Time Life Hotel. Mm, JJ, he was at the Cecil. Oh, he cool, was at the cool. before J.J. Johnson, and he, he's doing dope stuff. Yeah, those are like, and I'm a creature of habit, superiority burger. Yeah. Brooks, Brooks is like. The vegan. Yeah, the, the killing shit over there. Do you think, so I watched this um, documentary yesterday called Eating Animals. Uh, what do you think about the future of factory farming? Sorry, we're like way off. No, we're nah, off in a nah. different world, but yeah, like I'm just it. curious because I know that like vegan food is, something that you guys kind of not champion in ghetto gastro but it's not something you shy away from you're not trying to not define yourself that way mm -hmm. but you also cook with meat well i think yeah i think for us it's just like really thinking about how do we illustrate and show different different aspects of culture that of the bronx and where we're from and like i said with the juice bars like the rastafarian culture mm -hmm. a lot of people think this whole eating clean or plant-based thing is a trend but it's like kind of like part of the fabric of where we, because I grew up in the North Bronx, so it's a lot of like Jamaicans and West Indian culture. So that's always kind of been there. Mm. And you could like have a vegan day or a plant-based day and then go back to getting a beef patty with cheese from the pizza shop. And it was like, or do both at the same time. It's get, all about balance. Get a juice and a <laughs> beef patty with cheese, you know, balance it out. So for me, I think what we're doing is when you start learning the data on like the impact of the farming and like, beef and how much it harms the ozone layer, layer and what it does to, if, it, if you're not eating properly or having enough fiber how it could just sit in your colon when you're thinking about these and food is medicine I think at the end of the day like so yeah I that's, agree that's how we try to try it's to just, so crazy it was just freaky fr I was just like I don't watch any of those docs though I was nervous <laughs> to watch it I definitely had like my coat on and I was going like putting it over my eye for certain periods of the thing when they're like kicking pigs i was just like ah they're so smart you know it's just and so I went scary to a pig farm in italy um <laughs> like with with um should, are we switching we're, we're gonna switching. switch wines the musa muset 
did us well. And just for the record, I'm not spitting. <laughs> what would you pair with this wine? Ooh, honestly, I like it with everything. <laughs> <laughs> it is a very versatile do, I, wine because it, it has this like juiciness to it. I think those are the things I gravitate towards too. That just tastes great alone. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, oh, this is a taste. I like how it tastes. I don't need to use it as like a seasoning for a, a dish. Yeah, you know? I like sip that alone. But that, I feel like with something like a nice, a nice crudo. Yeah, like a nice, like a nice tomato salad. You know, mm. y'all got the good produce out here. Nice tomato salad all year round. I know. With some like, mm, some some <laughs> um, coriander. Like a nice Long Island fluke. Delicious. Fluke crudo is bomb. So like good with like citrus. some grapes, citrus. I, we're like, let's uh, get the chef out here. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so Ghetto Gastro, there's four of you. Mm -hmm. Three of the members are, or what do you, collective? Collective. How do you, collective? Yeah, and it's more than four of us. It's like four of us that like, they talk about in the press or whatever, because that's like, the, we're like the founding members, but we have a very strong support staff, mostly women. Um, and with without like this women on our team, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. Women we, role, <laughs> exactly. Ra we yeah. all raised by women too. Malcolm has Malcolm and P have both parents, but me and less single parents. Mm. And our moms like they we have the GGM crew. Like they have like their own gang. <laughs> like they get together and bug out. And so proud. Ghetto gastro super, moms. Like flying. Are you making them some clothes? We need to. Yeah. We need to for sure. And if they hear this, they're gonna be like holding that over my head. Oh, they're gonna hear it. <laughs> Respect the older generation with Got some some, some gear. Yeah. yeah. You gotta hit them with the flea. GGM. Hmm. How like how much are you guys cooking? Last night you said you did a dinner. I guess it was like different circumstances. Mm -hmm. But when you're in New York, are you guys doing pop ups? Like how does the or was culinary the launch pad? Maybe you could talk about like where you want to move into. Well, I think for me, like because I'm an outsider, I was able to look at the homies and the skill sets and the knowledge and just think about, look, you, you guys have all of this this time in the field, like working at amazing spots, perfecting your craft. I'm like, we have a language, like coming from where we come from, you're thinking about what, what is like the art forms that have been born in the Bronx. I'm like, we could create a whole new art form of movement. So when I think of Ghetto Gastro, I was thinking broad strokes, like how do we create the next Bauhaus? Like mm. something that, like, yeah, we started it, but then it kind of becomes bigger than us. And yeah. It inspires or, 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 um, generate some type of seeds for other ideas to, to be grown from. And for me, GG is just really an excuse to do any any interest I have because it's kind of a good umbrella for that. Like food could kind of connect to design, art, architecture, you know. Food is political. Yeah. You know, and Food unites. It food brings divides. people together. Yeah. Exactly. Like you talk about gastro diplomacy. I recently did a talk at the MoMA with Paolo Antonelli on gastro diplomacy. Mm. And I learned a lot from the other panelists and it's just, it's like thinking about how governments use food as a soft power tool. Or you have the quotes like that. Yeah. Show me what you eat, I'll show you who you are. Or you want to, Henry Kissinger said something wild like, you want to control people, control the food. So, something like that, like some 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 kind. Yeah, or the fact that we feed like federal lunch programs are made up of like basically poisoned animal meat for the most part. Exactly, or the subsidies that, that for like farm, the farm packs, the subsidies are like, to wheat, soy, like a lot of animal feed, mm -hmm. you know, but when you're thinking about fresh greens and stuff, there's no subsidies for that. So that's why a bag of potato chips could be 
so cheap, but then like a bushel of whatever green leafy lettuce is like more expensive. So it's like five ninety nine. Yeah, and then people in low income neighborhoods, it's like they need to get things that have shelf life. That they also need to yeah. It's just like figuring out how we how we could make make some small small share some small ideas and hopefully people like gravitate that could shift larger change Mm -hmm. i think that's amazing and i think because we have like the hip-hop aesthetic and and like you look at the revolution and like hip-hop culture is now pop culture you look at like the 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 resurgence or the super commercialization of black art at Mm. the moment yeah so it's like just the right time to I guess do this thing that we doing. That's super interesting. I uh, I there's a part of me though that you know, like Henry Taylor is one of my favorite painters. I've been trying I'm, to get a studio visit with Henry. Next Taylor. time he we know him. Okay. Yeah, Alex, you you got to meet Alex, and then he's amazing. Henry's just uh, he's been a little under the weather, so okay. I think he's been laying low, but. Okay. He's an amazing person. His paintings are incredible, but it's also like this guy's been making incredible work and now, you know, it's yeah. it's a I'm happy for him, but I'm also like I wish this it's had like happened that, 40 years ago, it's like you that know. Bittersweet. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um so what other avenues are you guys traveling down with with Gigi, like with Ghetto Gastro, you're moving into products mm-hmm. or we're, different we're, spaces or like do you want to create sort of forums where the like in the idea of Bauhaus like a collective where people could come together is that on your radar yeah and and that for for like the long time we've been operating like like as a cell like Mm. where we like what we could either be four people we could be 200 people based on a project and we could do it anywhere in the world so our ethos is Bronx to the world world to the Bronx and for the first six years we've kind of been more in the Bronx to the world like wanting to build our global resonance but also learn mm. you know f- from from cultures outside of ours and like see see the world to inform what we create so i think we've done a lot of that and we've been on the road quite a bit and it's been exhausting so now you must travel like, non-stop i'm trying to travel less mm. um but yeah the past like like i stayed home for like the end of july to early september six weeks and that was the longest time i've been in new york in like three years oh, like straight like st- a straight a straight window crazy it's like usually like two weeks two and a half weeks maybe three weeks and then i'm on the plane somewhere but yeah so so now we're like thinking about physical space and what that means so collaborating with like great architects and furniture designers and like to create space so now because we had like a like a production kitchen that was like a it wasn't quite a lab because we didn't have autonomy we shared it so now we're going to have like a space where we have the autonomy to really create and kind of take these ideas around products and hospitality and just like bring people into the space and have space to collaborate like when you come we could do things and we should do a dinner john and Vinny, yeah we should we should wild out like, that would be it'll, so awesome it'll be dope so. sitting here i was like it would be so cool if sometime we could meet in some winemaking region just oh that's thinking about it we could do that <laughs> easy yeah that, that, Let's the wheels are turning. The wheels are turning. Let's do it now. <laughs> yeah. Especially in, I think, parts of France that are just automatically alienating to mm. most people. I brought all French wine. All right. It's my, okay, this next one, rosé, made in Bordeaux. 
So mm. Rosé Marie from Chateau Le Puy. Chateau Le Puy, I picked it because they kind of have tried to create their own identity within Bordeaux. They want to create their own designation. They don't want to be seen under the rules and guidelines of Bordeaux because they feel like it's kind of that small group of old white dudes controlling a market. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It, Bordeaux is like the epitome of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so they're this like family run estate, organic, biodynamic. It's 100% Merlot. To me, it's turkey wine. What's your ultimate Thanksgiving plate of food? Do you I celebrate hate turkey? Um, <laughs> do you? Do you... No, nah, that's a lie. But most turkey is dry as fuck. <laughs> um, and I think we do it a little differently. We don't because of the history of Thanksgiving. No, yeah. We try to disassociate with that. But do you? I think this would go meal? great with a sweet potato. Yeah. So on Thanksgiving, do you, with your family, friends? Cook food. I do because that's the time they have off. So like my mother's a school teacher, so she uh, always gets like holidays off. So I'm gonna go to South Carolina. My so grandmother nice. moved down there after she retired. I go to I go to North Carolina on Wednesday to kick it with my pops family. South Carolina on a Thursday, and then me and my mom. She like she still loves food. We'll probably go to Charleston. Ah, uh, it's the eat best. Eat a little bit for like a day and a half, two days, and then fly back to New York on a Saturday or a Sunday. The food there's amazing. I don't, the town. It's like a very intense place to go. Yeah, because it's, it's like you feel like the. I feel, feel everything. Slavery. The ghost. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, like yeah. it's still there. It's like yeah. it's like not much is changing. Change. <laughs> it's, but have you gone into like like so? Um, one of my colleagues, Ari, she's like my our operations assistant. She's from Charleston, and mm. we met her last year. She saw that I was out there and DM'd. It was like, I would love to take you and your mother around, and then she was real persistent, and she took us to, like, some spots off the beaten path that mm. you're not going to find on, like, Eater, like like the local spots where you're getting, like, the the sausage and the crab in the bag. Oh, the, oh man, butter, like, the, wow, it was, it was amazing. That so, must have been so, like, the Geechee, like, the Geechee food from the Gullah Islands and yeah. that, that tradition. It's still very alive. And I well need out to there. see that side of Charles. I've only gone twice recently for work, mm -hmm. and I basically flew in, flew out, flew in and out. Yeah, because I I just don't have that much. Like I didn't think like I want to just hang out for mm -hmm. a few days here. But we'll we'll get you sorted next time you go, dude. I want that. This is really sausage. tasty. Isn't this good? So what is this called again? Mythbuster. So it's made by Chateau Le Puy. Rosemary. Rosemary Rosé. The craziest thing is most people would look at this and think it's sweet because it's like a dark mm -hmm. pink. But it's actually, it's not sweet. It's It's got like flesh to it, but That's it's nice dry and salty. Miner minerality, yeah. Yeah. I love this wine. This would be good with sweet potatoes. Mm -hmm. Have you had um, boniato? I haven't. Oh, it's like a japanese sweet potato are the purple sweet potatoes yeah the outside and then they're white on the inside, inside. yeah yeah those yeah. are so good, good. and I, I had some crazy i was in oaxaca ah oh, the best place and ever. i had some crazy sweet potatoes but they're like in between sweet potatoes and regular potatoes so like the texture that's on it when when it's cooked is like kind of a little more fibrous like a potato like mm. you know how the sweet potatoes get really like soft yeah but this was a little more like fibrous and solid, but the taste was like so sweet. Ugh. And it, they grow sugar cane in the mountains, so they made this crema with the sugar cane, and it was like fire. Dude, have you ever had just like pure sugar cane juice? I have. Well, that's it's, like all it's the time. Insane. It's actually not bad. So it's when I, for you. it's yeah, good for you. It's the refined sugar. Yeah, like. I was in Egypt many years ago before their revolution. Mm -hmm. And there's no alcohol there, but people are just like drinking sugarcane juice 
all the time. Tasty. And it was del- and you get like a rush from yeah, it. But get, not a sugar high. You're just like, like you feel alive. Cuba they do it a lot. And but also like they have like the um the fruit vendors on the road in the Bronx and like other boroughs too. And they have like the whole sugar canes, but then they have like the machine and they just put them <laughs> Yeah, put straight them in. And you just get like that brown kind of whitish. It's crazy. It's amazing. I loved it. What's like on your day to day? What do you normally like to drink? Do you drink wine, cocktails, beer? Don't drink. I don't. Beer is probably at the bottom of the list. Wine. If I had, if you were in my life more often, I'd be drinking <laughs> yeah. more of it. When I drink, I'm probably leaning towards. I really like rum. Mm. Con- I like rum, like dark sipping spirits, like yeah. rum. Cognac. I've been really into agricoles. Mm, that's lately. amazing. Like like Haitian clarine and um, that type of stuff. Yeah. Mezcal. Yeah. But I love wine, and I like I said, I want to get better with wine. I want to know more. So, God. you're my teacher. Yeah, I'll ship you wine. Let's do it. This is the Supernova. It's a orange wine, which means that it's a white wine with skin contact. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like orange in color, a little bit cloudy. Made in the Roussillon, which is in southwestern France. The wine smells super... What is super that border, southwest? That's... So southwest would border Spain. Okay. If you're over here, like in the Roussillon. And then the Mediterranean. Okay. And the Atlantic, if you kept creeping up towards Bordeaux. Like like more towards, like, like going towards, like, Biarritz. Mm-hmm, yeah. Sebastian. Yeah, exactly. But Bordeaux's a little more inland, right? Bordeaux's inland and a little bit farther north. So tell me, tell me... They say great orange wines come from like Slovenia too. Yeah, that's true. So what's the, like what's the tradition of orange wine? And this is a natural wine, correct? Yeah, these are all natural wines. Oh, beautiful. Uh, which is a complicated subject, but whatever. So Slovenia and parts of Georgia historically have been making orange wine for thousands of years, and it's really to them, it's not an orange wine. It's how they make wine. It's the tradition of like the we over. You know, we let the concentration of the skins and the juice interact to do extended skin contact because that's the best expression of the grapes that they're growing Mm -hmm. for various reasons. Sometimes it's that if you didn't do that, the wine would just be like very light and not have much character or robustness. But I also think it's because those wines, it's like what grows together goes together, you know, and some of the food informs the style of the wine. But back in the day... People used to age wine in amphora, which is like clay pots buried mm-hmm. in the ground. You see like the old Roman yeah. with the like art on it. And mm-hmm. stuff. Whoa, this wine's wild. It's so salty, super dry. It smells like it's going to be sweet. Yeah, it is drier than you, you think. It kind of like, pucker, like puckers the palate to a point where I would want to eat like like I would want to eat something fried with it or something that's like salty like salty and fatty and crispy and crunchy I just watched before you got here the video you guys made of would you make potato chip s'mores oh yeah that was those look so good they're, they're delicious too and and as Malcolm just came with, uh, with that on the fly I'm like yeah, we're doing this thing for Venom BuzzFeed what are we doing and <laughs> Because we do the chocolate potato, um, the chocolate covered potato chip. He's like, oh, yeah, let's make a s'more with it. Yeah. And then it's like, because we, we were thinking like reverse engineering from the visual aspect of the video to how it could correlate with the film. Yeah. But it, it was good. It's amazing. Yeah, the potato chips are the graham cracker. You guys fry everything, mm-hmm. blowtorch the marshmallow. 
I love s'mores. That's really that, good. It was like a re-envisioned Malamar. It's, so it's, dope. It's, it's delicious. With the, and it's dark chocolate with the cinnamon and just the crunch on the potato chip with that. It's, it's, it, was, it was really good. This is a really good wine. This is great, right? I feel like this wine is ne- not necessarily... I feel like this would go good with, go good with like some ribs, too. Yeah. Like lamb ribs. Yeah. With like a nice salsa verde. Yes. With a little bit of that gaminess, the funk of a mm-hmm. lamb, but... And I feel like this would like maybe some paprika. Like some of that fat off. Like. Mm-hmm. Lamb ribs are really amazing. Lamb is an amazing animal, I gotta say. It's one of my favorite. I, I try not to eat a shit ton of meat, but mm-hmm. like I really enjoy it. I love it too. Yeah. This wine is fire. Um, okay, we got two more wines. Maybe one of these will be on Thanksgiving table for you. All right, and the next one is made near where the Musa Mousset's made. So in the Loire Valley. It's 100% Cab Franc, 2011, a woman named Olga Raffol. Olga, Olga Raffol in Chinon in France. It's one single vineyard, Le Picasse. And uh, if you see a wine that says Chinon on it, it means it's always Cab Franc. France is tough because it has all those crazy AOCs, rules. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The AOC designation. The French love a rule. <laughs> they, love, they love 20 rules. <laughs> do you like going to Paris? I do. I prefer. I do. What, what, what's my favorite? Paris is good. Like for me, cities, I'm ba- I, I kind of I fall in love with cities based on the people I love in the city. Because I feel like any city could be great with the right guide. Yeah. You know, with, to really, like, get to know the people and forge the relationships. And Paris is one of the cities where we have great, great relationships. I like the South. I want to do more Marseille. Ah, uh, yeah. I'm I've not, never been. I'm I really dying to enjoy go. Antibes. Like, mm. we have a fishmonger, Carlo, who takes... He put me onto the Gilardo Oyster. That actually, that... that um. The orange wine would really the go supernova? nice with the Gilardo. Because yeah. G- the oy- oysters are, like... Not too briny, but they're really buttery and smooth. And, mm. uh, I'm amazed how much you've traveled, how many people you've met. I mean, it's inspiring to me as someone who also is in the food world. I mean, I think I've just been kind of like not trapped here, but like growing a business that's mm-hmm. like brick and mortar. It's a really interesting space in my imagination of like what you're doing that you're not really tied down to one thing, one mm-hmm. place. It gives this like incredible flexibility. I've always had commitment. Issues, <laughs> you know. That's that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so 2011, so it has seven years of age. It kind of smells like dusty, like a dusty wood floor. I like how you pull these. I haven't smelled the dusty wood floor in a while. Like you're going up to the attic to grab the decorations for something. I don't have an attic. I didn't grow up with one, but maybe a little jalapeno, dark purple flowers. It is spicy. It's spicy, right? And it's lighter and like more acidic than I would think. Really, really heavy legs on it too. Mm-hmm. I think that, out, but it's only 12 and a half percent alcohol, which is pretty awesome. For those of you listening who don't know what legs are, Legs are when you swirl the wine in your glass, it's the drip's viscosity. It's describing like how fast or slow they run, how mellifluous they are, how thin, how thick. It's like that viscosity of the wine can indicate to you things about the texture, the flavor, the alcohol level, all these kinds of things. 
Yeah, this would go really good with like a nice piece. Like if you ever go to, like you've been to Tokyo. Mm-hmm. If you go to like, if you get like the night the Wagyu sandwich, like the Wagyu sandwich. There's a place here that just opened called Combi that does a sandwich. Yeah, yeah. I think all oh, the Wagyu, like they do the Wagyu fritters, oh. like at the at the fish market. Oh my god! It's just straight like a ball of just fat. I like mean. you just like the fat is dripping down your <laughs> cheeks like a mustache when you bite into it. But it's so and. And they'll sell it in different grades, and it'll be like three dollars, but it's a small ball. Like they have them from like one to five dollars in the top grade. When it's like, but it's like crazy. That's amazing. That would be so good. I'm just imagining wagyu fat dripping down my face. It was like a, a slice of heaven. Real luxury. <laughs> that, that's luxury. Right? <laughs> okay, one more wine, and then I gotta get let you go because you gotta go to a meeting. But question for you: What is for 2019 or the rest of 2018, what are you most looking forward to? Like, what's something that's happening that you feel super inspired by or you're excited to start or, you know? I'm super excited to, like, kind of get the World to the Bronx vibe going on and really, like, plant ourselves in a community a little bit more and think, see see the magic that comes with... Bring with, the world back to the Bronx instead of Bronx space. to the world. Exactly, you know, and, and like also the the relationships as we, that we forge globally, bringing those, like being able to return the favor, host those people and have them exchange their gifts and with the people of New York, of the Bronx. So that's really exciting. Thinking about maybe doing something out here in L.A. What? Who knows? <laughs> you know, we'll TBD, see. stay TBD, tuned. TBD. Um, and then products like I, I have a product and design background that I was doing before Ghetto Gastro. So thinking about taking the brand and the feeling that we've created and injecting that in the physical objects mm. and seeing what that means, like some food products, some more tactile, like knives, spices, thinking about how the so cool. GG feeling could could personify in those different products yeah i'm happy to test any spice mix I got you got you. yeah I got you. the way you describe things too we definitely need you on the team <laughs> yeah i'm i'm so down to come so are you going to be doing like dinners and you guys have a test kitchen are you going to be doing dinners or events like things we're going to be it's like going to be during the day it's like the the studio so we mm. have a, a media studio we'll be shooting content a lot of photography a lot of video um, the laboratory where we'll be testing and working on the products, testing products. And then at night, it'll just like turn into like the boom, boom room. You know, <laughs> we'll have people over, we'll kick it, cook some food, want to have like live music. So awesome. Like showcase like really dope local artists or artists that are, that are just in our community and like community, the global community, not just like the yeah. neighborhood. So the thought community. Yeah. Yeah. Just like bring, bring people together, have some, have Helen bringing great wine. Helen's wines will be there. You know, and Helen is my great grandmother's name. So, really? you know, I loved you from the beginning. <laughs> I know. She, it's my very... grandmother's name. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So look at that. Helen, have... Helen Jones is my great grandmother. And I'm Helen Johannesson. It's crazy. Very close. Simpatico. So, you, you have um, Nordic, Nordic? Norwegian. Ah. Straight Norwegian and Scottish, I guess. So, check this. I'm going to play this for my boy Craig. The, the the architecture firm that we want to get to design whatever possible space that we get have in LA they're from Norway. Really? Snowheader. Oh, sick. Yeah. That would be amazing. Yeah. You got to come to LA. 
I think it'll be fun. And I think especially with making content and thinking about entertainment, LeBron's here now. Oh, I'm I dying think, to go uh, see him play. So many people from New York are here now. We think it's definitely some gaps that could be filled with, with what we do here. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. And then the winters in New York are just tough. So It's just brutal. Yeah, why not, <laughs> right? I feel like when you get past 30 it's like why am i doing this to myself if i don't have to we got to do once you have your products out we got to do a helen's wines ghetto gastro gift box collab that'll be fire it would be so good like, i gave you my catalog yes and next really year you got to be in it when we tell you to design her to, like she's she's also a great brander and she has beautiful handwriting <laughs> and uh, i'm looking at it now it's amazing how <laughs> to this this has a really nice funk to so it. So pretty, right? Okay, we're ending it's on like floral. Yeah, we're ending on the cow plums. care. Yeah, like like pickled plums and yeah. also plum jam, but yes. like a bed of roses too. This really is really floral. Like so pretty. This is made in also the Languedoc, uh, yeah, Languedoc Roussillon. Um, Renaud makes it. It's Grenache, 100%. But it's like a different expression showing how like when you plant Grenache in different soils, like Chateauneuf de Pop is also made from mostly Grenache. Mm -hmm. This is so pretty. Wow. That's a beautiful wine. This is wine. super easy to drink too. Yeah. Like this is something else I would just drink. Just whenever. With, whenever, whatever. With, a, with, a, you know? with whoever. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's one of the wines that like... I tasted it and I was so blown away by the aromatics on it. This one. Mm -hmm. This is what we're drinking. That's right. what we're drinking. I couldn't wrap my head around like how beautiful it smelled. And the bottle design doesn't really speak to what you think you're going to be tasting. No. It's not one of those like, buy me because of my label wines, which I don't really, you can't really buy wine based on yeah, a label, but, yeah. but you, you know, would never. A lot, a lot of people get caught up with that. Uh, I'm, I'm probably one of them. Yeah. Oh, they have good design sense. It's probably a great grape in there. <laughs> no. Let's go. <laughs> they, they must know how to ferment. <laughs> oh, awesome. This is amazing. On the nose, the uh, nose is like... It's an, it's perfume. Like, I wish I could bottle this and wear it in some way. It's like rose water. Like, I feel like Dominican grandmothers mm -hmm. will love this. Uh, it smells like, like the ultimate vacation and also like plush leather and also velvet. And this, I like the temperature on this too. Like, it's not... It's like a little above room temperature mm -hmm. or below room temperature mm -hmm. rather. Serving wine at the right temp is super important. If it's too hot, you kind of lose the beauty and the nuance of it. But everything in Helen's is cellar temp. That's how we roll. This is really 55 good. 55 degrees. John. Amazing. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming. First of many visits. For getting me bought before this meeting. <laughs> yeah, if I don't close this deal, I have a lifetime <laughs> of wine deliveries. Well, you heard it here first. Lifetime membership. <laughs> oh, no, you're going to kill the meeting. It's going to be great. Um, thank you. I look forward. You know, hopefully I'm going to be able to record sometimes in New York. Oh, so yeah. I'd love to have you and Come more to people. Our spot yeah. Too. Like, I think we're going to set up a studio where you could record and stuff. That would too, be so. amazing. I would love that. Thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. And I'll see you the next time you're in LA.